particularly heavy this morning. I just read an article uh, in the New York Times about Dr. Lorna Breen, who was an emergency room physician in the Bronx and who uh, lived this stunning and amazing life full of purpose and structure. She had a discipline that all of us would envy in her life and yet contracting the virus and confronting the chaos of the emergency rooms in New York this spring um, led to a breakdown and eventually uh, she took her own life and I'm just struck by how much our structures, even our internal structures, have been challenged in these last months. All of the things that we thought we could do to get through, all of the things that we thought were in our tool belt, so just a lot of them just don't work anymore. And a lot of us are at our wits end. And I want to acknowledge that we are all um, needing a lot of grace right now and and it's okay to and it's okay to feel a little lost um, and to not know exactly how to move forward but I'm hoping that this summer um, as in the next few weeks as we go through the Lord's Prayer we find that we can reach down deep into this very ancient prayer to find something to help give us some structure to our lives and to our days and to our souls and to use something that has been so time tested over time, something very familiar that hopefully can become fresh and new in this time. As many of you know, I've been gardening and so um, I was given a few weeks ago some baby tomato plants and um, I've been slowly watching them grow and though I have never uh, actually grown tomatoes myself, I do know enough to know that tomatoes need tomato cages and that, that they need a structure around them to help them grow up in, straight and strong and to help the fruit not um, be lost on the ground and um, and I think in some ways what I, my hope is for the Lord's Prayer in the coming weeks that that is how it serves for us. It serves as somewhat of a tomato cage um, for our souls so that in this season where everything that we thought we knew we don't know um, can help that we can be able to grow straight and strong in in new ways or at least to feel like we have a structure um, when we're looking for a new structure for our lives. Uh, whenever we come to a topic about prayer, I always get a little intimidated because um, I don't really consider myself a good prayer. I can, um, you know, stand in front of a group of people and lead prayer and create space for prayer, but in terms of my own daily experience, I, I, I don't sit and have these eloquent, uh, eloquent conversations with God. Um, prayer feels a lot more like fits and starts of, um, you know, help, thanks, and wow, as Anne Lamott says, just kind of those basic words, something that I experience more 
um, in a shift and a, an experience in my body and my soul and my spirit and less in something that I say. Um, but I always take comfort from the quote by Thomas Merton, who spent his life in a hermitage and a monastery trying to learn to pray. He said, we do not want to be beginners at prayer, but let us be convinced of the fact that we will never be anything but beginners all our life. We will never be anything but beginners all our life. I find tremendous comfort in those words as we begin to talk about prayer. So in these coming weeks, as we dive into the Lord's Prayer phrase by phrase, let us start as beginners. Let us remember that all of us are beginners, even those uh, spiritual directors and other pastors that are going to be helping us in this journey by offering prayer practices. We are all beginners when it comes to prayer. The Lord's Prayer or the Our Father, as our Catholic siblings say, um, is so familiar to many of us. We can almost um, just quote it and let it roll off our tongue without thinking. Um, the only time we stop to think and stop in the middle of the prayer is when someone says trespasses instead of debts or or sins instead of trespasses. And it's like, oh yeah, that's right. We we have that difference. But, but in many ways, we all pray that prayer in the same way, which is one reason why um, in these coming weeks, we're going to be listening to different versions of it, like the one Joe and Diana um, Diane read for us today. But the early church father, Tertullian, said um, that the Lord's Prayer was a compendium of the whole gospel, the whole gospel in 65 words. I really think that um, the Lord's Prayer is giving us less of a formula and more of uh, what Jesus, Jesus' understanding of spirituality and prayer is. What what should the spiritual life look like? And by spiritual life, I mean all of our life. And um, what I hear in this prayer at a high level is, is basically that Jesus is offering us a paradox. He's offering us a way to be alone together. Now, we've, I've heard that phrase used um, in a variety of ways over the years, but especially these last few months, right? As we gather on Zoom, we are alone in our homes, but we are also together on Zoom. We are alone in our in our shelters, but, but we hope that we can be together um, as communities of friends and family. But this sense of, of being alone is definitely something that Jesus says is essential to the life of prayer. And it really you really see it in the setup for the Lord's Prayer in Matthew. Um, the Lord's Prayer is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, Mark is just kind of like almost just touches the surface of it, mentions it barely. Um, Luke has a little bit more, a few more phrases, and Matthew has the fuller version that we're familiar with. Um, later um, in the tradition, we uh, added that last line, um, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. That is, that's added later. But, but in Matthew, there's the full treatment of the prayer that we know, and it comes right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And so Jesus is giving this uh, treatise on these teachings on, on how we should live our lives. And then he comes to our spirituality and he says to, um, 
to that there is something very internal that is necessary to a healthy and authentic spirituality. In Matthew 6, 1, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So the sense of we shouldn't be praying or giving um, in such a way that we are seen or otherwise we, we get what we are asking for or what we're wanting. Um, and actually, he says later that when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So there's a sense that um, the, there's other uh, translations that say, go into your closet. So, so prayer should be something that happens when no one is watching and there is nothing to be gained. And uh, in your private room, and I think it's kind of interesting, right, in the last four months, um, we've all been sent to our rooms in, in many ways. So maybe there's a backhanded invitation somewhere in the, the reality of life right now to, to develop our prayer life. But, but don't pray to be seen. Go into your room. And, and it's what happens in that space. Like uh, for me, I think about what happens and who am I when I wake up in the morning um, and not being a morning person, I'm a little bit of a mess most mornings. So, um, but it's in that space, that, that kind of deep soul space where prayer actually should be happening. Um, and then he goes on and says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So don't use a lot of words. God doesn't need a news report. Prayer is about the deepest part of you touching the mystery of grace. I have a friend who once met a nun in um, a developing world country, and she was just so radiant with love and compassion. And he asked her, you know, what's your secret? You are such a, a beautiful soul. And, and what she said is every morning I sit in prayer as long as it takes for me to know that I am loved by God. For I sit in prayer as long as it takes for me to know that I am loved by God. To me, that is um, one of the most beautiful spiritual practices I've heard and, and one of the most beautiful goals for prayer that, that it's not about these phrases and what we say or um, I so often hear people say, oh, I, I don't want to pray. I, I don't know what to say, but, but there is a sense it's really actually about the deepest part of ourselves touching that deep mystery of grace. So we pray alone. We pray deep within our soul. True prayer comes from that deep and hidden part of us. But we also pray together. And the word that um, Jesus uses when he says, pray then like this in Matthew is, is a plural second person. So, so it's like y'all pray like this. So you all, and then, and then it then goes into our father, right? So, so the sense of, of uh, a shared 
family, that, that we are praying together. And so prayer is also meant to not only be in our souls, but also to draw us out into the world and draw us together to see the world becoming as it was created to be in rhythm with God's purposes. Prayer is the way that, that Jesus invites us to, to be alone and together. Dallas Willard said that in this prayer and in Jesus' teachings, he's developing a community of prayerful love. So we gather as a community not to be seen and not to gain status, but we gather in the sense of together sharing this deeply personal, beautiful um, connection to God. And at the same time, we're gathered together moving forward. It's, it's this paradoxical way of being, to be together without pretense and judgment, and to be alone without despair and isolation, knowing a grounding of our souls. And isn't, isn't that what we most want and need? Now, I'm not saying this is the reality every day, certainly not, but this is this is what the tomato cage is helping us grow into, right? And uh, Evelyn Underhill says, a real man or woman of prayer then should be a live wire, a link between God's grace and the world that needs it. So that is what we're after in prayer is, is to become live wires in some ways where, where we are links between God's grace and the world. And we actually become that. We're not just doing it, we're not just performing it, we're, we're becoming it in a certain way. And that's something that God is developing within us as we enter into the structure of prayer and the structure of spirituality that Jesus is setting out for us, this way of being alone together. All of us need that structure in order to keep us present to the biggest questions of life, the most important things, things like, Asking, who is God? What is God inviting me to? How do I live faithfully on this day, in this time? How can I be truly free? How do I grow rooted and strong? These are the questions that the Lord's Prayer invites us to. And I am asking you to join me this summer in responding to these questions in our lives and in our daily practices. Will we dare to, to follow Jesus, to live right side up in a world that is turned upside down? Will we lean into a kinship and a love that will not let us go? We'll be diving into this prayer, looking to strengthen our souls and our community. And I hope that you will join us in this journey in the coming weeks.
Deliver us from evil. Oh. 